It's Boomerang, uh, the title track of Betty Boo's brand new album. And I'm very pleased to say that on the other end of this line is the lady herself, Betty Boo. Good morning, Betty. How are you? Good morning, Kev. I'm fine, thank you. Oh, Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure. I, I tell you that. Uh, how, how are you keep, uh, coop, keeping, keeping, coping with this heat? <laughs> you see, it's my mouth has gone all over the place. Are, are you a sun worshipper, by the way? Not really, but um, I was playing tennis yesterday. Um, I play tennis every day, actually, with a coach at nine o'clock and in the morning. And um, at nine o'clock, it was 32 degrees on court. I mean, it's, it's unprecedented, and um, I didn't. I melted, <laughs> but um, I bet. yeah, it's nice. To, it's a bit fresher today, though, which is great. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's over now that heat wave. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind the warmth, but the heat that we've been having is just oh dear. So anyway. Let's talk music. Now, musically, you started out with the She Rockers, which uh, led you to working with Public Enemy in New York. And it was Public Enemy who encouraged you to go solo, uh, I believe. Now, Public Enemy, were, I mean, they were a pretty hardcore um, sort of collection. And your music is, is quite different. So were your musical leanings more towards a pop field at that time? Yeah, because I've always loved pop music and um, as growing up and everything, I was obsessed with Pop the Pops and smash hits and things like that. And, you know, and, and rap was a sort of a hobby of mine, you know, growing up as a teenager and um, I, well, it was something you could do in your bedroom with your friends and, you know, have fun with. And, uh, and I was obsessed with salt and pepper. And so that was a kind of how I got into rap. So and it, the natural thing was to go out and do some show like um we used to do we used to call them hip hop jams and go out and do rapping at jams and things and um and it just so happened that we bumped into public enemy in shepherd's bush where i grew up and they were in the mcdonald's <laughs> on the shepherd's bush green <laughs> and uh and we and we just been to see them in their at their concert which was a big death jam tour um in hammersmith it was then called the hammersmith odeon and um so we got chatting east and they said oh you know if you we could produce your records if you like and you know so we we had a little record deal um and they produced the record and then they wanted us to go and just go on tour with them you know just to do a few shows out in new york and um, we did that which looking back i just don't know how we did it because <laughs> you know, there's something to be said of being completely fearless when you're 17 uh, and not worrying about being out there in a big, bad world. And um, But that was a great experience. And I just wanted to, I wanted to make pop music and uh, the other members of the group were more kind of hardcore hip hop heads. And uh, we just had a just musical change of direction, really. And I just ended up um, I bought some equipment, um, samplers and things like that, which were very, you know, rare in those days. Um, we were talking 1987, 88. And um, I started to teach myself how to use it so I can make my own music in my bedroom. Um, and that's what happened. You know, I, I was doing the do and where are you, baby? And there was sort of like original sort of DIY tracks, really. Um, yeah. So that's how I got into pop. So there you are, in sort of going for a McDonald's and you bump into Public Enemy and next minute, there you go, you're writing and, and producing the big hit songs of the early 90s. So yeah. uh, Now, most people, be, before doing the do, uh, they'll remember you on the Beatmasters hit, uh, which was what, 
back 1989, I, be, I believe. Uh, that yes, song, it was, 89, yeah. Yeah, Hey DJ, I Can't Dance to That Music. You're play- I love that record. At the time, I was running the mobile disco, and I tell you what, that record was never off my turntable. It was brilliant. Oh, uh, so brilliant. <laughs> everyone will know you from that. And, of course, the track that you mentioned, they're doing the do. Both very catchy, both very retro-sounding. And um, mm-hmm. I, I know that the uh, Hey DJ, uh, that was an old Martha Reeves and the Vandellas um, song. But Doing the Do, where did the inspiration from that, for that song come from? Well, it was, it was, all, it was kind of um, almost like a revenge song on my teachers at school. Oh. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, it's a bit like, you know, when you grew growing up in the 80s, you know, teachers weren't particularly, um, they weren't very encouraging with careers, put it that way. And um, and I used to just uh, I wanted to do my own thing really, and in fact I wanted to to study to be a vet. And uh, when I went to the careers office, I remember the teacher saying, "You've got no chance. <laughs> you know, not, you won't be able nice. to do that. You know, just settle for um, just an odd like a normal job, and um, that's it. That's your that's your lot in life." And I just found that really frustrating and. Um, so I was able to sort of write songs about that experience. And, uh, but what, um, what I've always loved is um, sort of sampling interesting things from records, um, sort of 60s records and things, because they just sound so cool and it gives texture to um, my music. So, um, so I sampled, um, there's, a, there's a song called Captain of My Ship by Reparata and the yes. Delrons. And that's the kind of, and we sped it up, so it sounded really kind of mini mousy kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, that's how that ended up sounding the way it did, because it had that extra little bit of texture in there that people love. It's a brilliant song, and I tell you what, let's just remind people of how that sounds like, because I just love this song. Betty B, uh, Betty Boo, I'm doing the do. You see, my mouth is going all over the place this morning. (laughs) Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. That's Betty Boo. Uh, and doing the do. We got it right that time anyway. I put my teeth in the right way around. Uh, my <laughs> guest this morning is Betty Boo. Now, Betty, a lot uh, something that uh, a lot of people probably wouldn't realise is that you were the inspiration for the formation of the Spice Girls in one way, weren't you? Yeah. Um, well, the uh, the guys that put the Spice Girls together, they, they auditioned them. They put out... Uh, an advertisement um, out in that stage magazine, which was used to, or a paper, which was for uh, people who wanted to get parts in musicals and whatnot. And um, so they put out an advert saying, we're looking for five Betty Boos. And this is what they told me. Um, I, I haven't actually seen the paper myself, but this is what they told me when I worked with them late, much later on in life. And um, yeah, so that's um, how that came about. And I think they wanted that kind of original, um, sort of feisty, sassy <laughs> kind of thing that Betty Boo gave when, when I came out. So, um, but actually, you know, I think, you know, Posh sort of took a little bit of my look, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the bob and everything. She's and, nicked um... your image. <laughs> it's all right though she's done very well out of it that's great <laughs> but she doesn't sing as good as you so there you go um, so, now, another thing that uh, many people probably don't realise or recognise is is your songwriting talents I mean the album was um, the, the first album uh, I believe that was written all by yourself or, or most of it was by, by yourself wasn't it yeah it was It's um, and I just I wrote it in my bedroom, actually, when I was living at home with my mum. And 
And as I mentioned before, you know, I bought a load of equipment that I was just self-taught, basically. Um, I, although I did go to um, sound college just for a little bit just to get my head around the technology and things like that. So I did that for a while, thinking that maybe I'd be perhaps be a sound engineer. That was sort of like my backup kind of thing, backup career. So um, I was able to just, just experiment, really, and have fun. Um, and uh, kind of, kind of, like a, the original sort of DIY music, really, um, which nowadays kids can just get their phone and go onto yeah. GarageBand and do whatever they like, you know, which is fantastic. But in those days, you know, sequences and things like that, they just didn't have, there wasn't any particular logic to it, put it that way. <laughs> it was, it was um, very, it was a, very complicated. Um, but at the same time, I was very happy to, just had, had that freedom to experiment with my music and, and you know, and not have to go into a studio yeah. and you know try things out and at great cost with somebody else. And you know, this way I was able to really concentrate on my my craft. Now you've written, of course, for the uh, for the go uh, for girls allowed, Louise, Danny Minogue, Sophie Ellis Baxter. Um, plus, again, something what people may not have realised is that you also re- wrote Pure and Simple, which was number one for Hearsay, but it was written for a girl band called Girl Thing. Uh, now, it, mm. is it easier um, to write a song because I mean, all those pe- uh, people that you've written for, they're all female. Is it easier to write a song for a woman to sing as opposed for a male voice? Oh, I haven't really thought of it like that. Um, well, you know, I mean, the song was written, as you say, for another girl group, but that was two years prior to um, anyone knowing about Pure and Simple um, when it was released with Hearsay. Um, it was originally sung in sort of the key that I sing in, and um, and that's how it stayed. But when the boys in um, Hearsay sang those bits... I don't think they. I don't know if it was that easy for them. I'm not sure because they didn't. They didn't change the key at all. So um, I always remember Danny's voice sounding a bit strange on it personally. But um, uh, but yeah, it did great. It's fantastic to have. It just goes to show actually that you know a song can be on the shelf somewhere and then somebody else sort of reimagines reimagines it and. Um, I mean, it was the biggest selling single of all time at the time. I mean, and fastest selling single because this is the first of one of those programs, you know, the, the yeah. talent programs. Pop, it's pop stars, I think wasn't I, it? Yeah, it was called Pop Stars, and it was um, imported by. It was an Australian program originally, and and it just so happened that Pete, um, Pete Waterman was on the judging panel there with Nikki Chapman, I think, and maybe Dr. Fox and. Um, I'd worked with um, Pete Waterman before at PWL with Pure and Simple because he co-produced Pure and Simple with me uh, for Girl Thing. So that record, he knew about it and he loved it. So he must have, in the back of his mind, thought, well, there's that song that, you know, if what, whoever wins will um, will get them to sing this song. And uh, But I found out about that in um, the newspaper. <laughs> Yeah, the day after um, the pro, I mean, everyone was following the program, I think it was one of those great family shows that everyone was getting into. And then and the Sunday newspaper the following day did a big article on them. And then I was reading, reading, I was interested in it. In it and uh, at the bottom, there was a little caption, a little column that said, um, if you want to hear hearsay's new single, 
pure and simple, phone this number and you'll be able to hear 20 seconds of it. <laughs> so it was like, oh, 800, blah, blah, blah. So I phoned it up out of interest and there it was. It was already been recorded by them. And, uh, and I thought, oh, wow, this is fantastic. And it was really exciting. Um, and it sold well over a million copies in the first week. So it just goes to show the power of television, really. Exactly. Well. And, and hopefully you got your pennies worth out of it as well. Uh, so oh. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, well, you know, when you write songs, you do. There's no way, there's no way of hiding from stuff like that. You know, it, is, it can be a very good job, songwriting. Well, it used to be anyway. Yeah. Not so much now. <laughs> no, with all the streaming and everything, it, I suppose it's yeah. a bit difficult to uh, sort of keep hold on it. Now, you turned down an offer to sign to Madonna's Maverick label. Why was that? Oh, yeah, that was, um, well, I'd, I'd left my record deal at WEA, which was Warner Brothers um, in Europe and Sire in America. Um, and she just set up Maverick label um, with, um, well, she signed um, Alanis Morissette. Um, that was her first signing. And then she, she'd always been a massive fan of mine. And um, she, hang on a second. I've got to close the door. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to ask me that again? My husband's outside talking to the neighbour. Hang on. Call again. Hang on. No, no problem. Shush. <laughs> Do you want to start again with that question? No, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry, don't worry about it. So, let's, let's talk about the new album. Uh, the new album, uh, which is called Boomerang, which uh, we played uh, the title track from. Um, it's the first. It's the n- first new album uh, since 1992. From I mean, why the gap? Why the why the long the long gap? Oh well, it was I don't know. In the back of my mind, I always wanted to make another record, and I just I got to a big birthday during lockdown, and uh, I just thought, look, you've got to do it. You got you know, it's now or never, really. Um, so I started writing it with my co-writer Andy Wright, who's fantastic. Um, he does a lot of stuff with uh, Mick Hartnell, Simply Red and Simple Minds and, you know, proper, really solid um, uh, writer and producer. And we just got on like a house on fire and we started writing. And, and I thought, oh, gosh, there really is something. It's quite addictive, actually, because then lockdown happened. And then I just basically got into writing and converted um, my bedroom into an, a studio. It was sort of like going going back to how it used to be back in the day when I was living at home with my mum. So I created this sort of space where I was just being creative and, um, and uh, yeah, and it just sort of snowballed into this amazing, I, I really, I was amazed that I had it in the tank, to be honest. <laughs> it was, um, it was nice to rekindle the creativity and, um, and to find my voice again, because having written for other people, you know, you don't, um, some some songs had so much of my identity in them that sometimes some artists weren't able to um, perform them the way I would have liked them, um, and also they it wasn't them either. So it was great for me to just be really selfish and get into it and get into that zone. Well, you know what the, the tracks that I've heard from the album they sound absolutely amazing. They sound just like it, you've stepped back in time, but fresh. If you like, oh, so. thank now, you. That's brilliant. <laughs> as I said, Boomerang. It's out on the fourteenth of October. Now it, it's going to be available in pink vinyl, CD, mm-hmm. and coloured cassette as well. Now that's very retro, isn't it? Oh, it's great. I love yeah. it. It's like it's like time hasn't stopped. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> 
fantastic. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of um, on official com. There's all the platforms, you know, everyone can have a look. And if they're interested, um, there's lots of lovely, interesting bundles in there that and with bonus tracks and things like that. And um very happy with the artwork because it kind of look it's just, it's just exactly if anyone really liked Betty Boo back in the day, they'll really love this as well. Um, and uh, so far, and it's available to pre-order um, now, actually. And uh, in fact, it's number two on the pre-order iTunes chart, wow. <laughs> which is great. And almost unheard of an artist after such a long time to come back. And uh, I'm really pleased with the way things are going. And it's it's so exciting. It's not, It's just great to be back and doing doing fun things again you know you see it just shows that with, with being number two on on the, uh, the sort of pre-order list it shows that you've been missed all these years all we needed was a betty boo album and now <laughs> we've got to wait till the 14th of october the new single right by your side which is uh, the one that we've been playing on sundays uh, features david gray now th- that collaboration choice i mean it, it's not one that automatically springs to mind for betty boo so why david gray Oh, well, this came about when um, uh, Andy Wright and I, we wrote this song right by your side. And we it was one of the first songs we'd written together. And it sort of um, solidified our working relationship because it's so good. And we were just in the studio one day and we just thought, you know, it was, I wonder if David, David Gray will sing on that because I think it would really suit his voice. And um, and I, I know David Gray and um, I just sent him an email and I said do you fancy singing on this chorus um yeah hi Dave can you do this for me please and uh he did it he just sent it to me and with some ad-libs and some lovely bits and bobs and we mixed it into the song and uh yeah and there it is it's um just it's great it's a really feel-good uplifting song and I think after lockdown I think it's the sort of song that has a really good message in there where you know that we've had to stick together and be there for each other um and that's what the song's about it's it's a brilliant song we've been playing it for a couple of weeks now uh and i think it's about time we played it again um and uh, i can't wait for the album to come out betty it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you this morning um and and finding out a little bit more uh about yourself uh, for anybody who wants to find out more about you your music and when everything else is coming out how can the uh, how can they find out about you oh okay well i'm on officialbettyboo.com that's my website and also i'm on instagram at boomania one and and there's um facebook as well it just has all the links on my in my bio if you go to the instagram and uh it's yeah, I'm there. And Marvelous. I talk to my fans and it's a nice new way of uh, connecting with people and having a chat with stuff. And um, yeah, so it's, yeah, if you want to find anything more, just head over there. Marvellous stuff. You could do it all without leaving your chair. Uh, you could do it in your <laughs> deck chair in your back garden if you really wanted. So thank you so much for being my guest this morning. It's been lovely chatting to you and good luck with the album. Uh, I nearly said break a leg. That's more theatrical, isn't it? Um, so, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure that I mean it's number two at the moment on the pre-order. So you know when it's out, it's going to be there number one. Uh, it, it's bound to be. So, thank you so oh, much. Thank you. It's been thanks lo- for having me. My pleasure, Betty. Take care now. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. Did you know that Nottingham Hospital Radio is a registered charity? As a result, we rely on people like you to donate to it. 
All our members are committed volunteers who run the service for the benefit and entertainment of the patients in the Queen's Medical Centre and City Hospitals. Research has shown that listening to hospital radio can positively benefit a patient's recovery and we think it's a very worthwhile thing to do. Donating to NHR is easy and rewarding, so please log on to nhradio.org.uk and go to the donate page. That's nhradio.org.uk slash donate. You'll be glad you did, and thank you. Thank you.